everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing in life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. You can Find Author Magazine at authormagazine.org, and we're funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. To learn more about them, go to pnwa.org. Another debut novelist, that's right, Teresa H. Jansen, The Ways of Water, debut novel, interesting backstory, was going to be a nonfiction book, turned it into a fiction book. Yeah. Uh, but And that's what we do sometimes. And so she and I had a great conversation about a little bit about her very adventuresome life, life as a teacher, and then as a writer. Oh, she's a pretty cool person. Yes, she is. Uh, Teresa, she, her, po- her essays and poetry and short fiction have appeared in a variety of journals, including Ziziva, Catamaran, Chattaqua, and in the anthologies Art in the Time of Unbearable Crisis, and Offerings, a spiritual poetry anthology. Her novel, The Ways of Water, as I said, was inspired by her grandmother's early life. And she is a career educator with a degree in history from Gonzaga and an MA in linguistics from the University of Washington. And uh, like I said, we had a really cool, cool conversation, and I'm glad I get to share it with you now. Enjoy. Okay, we've got... For the second week in a row, I've got a newly minted uh, fiction, well, book author. You've written fiction, published fiction, but Teresa uh, Jansen, this is your first novel. Congratulations. Thank you, Bill. Yeah. So, all right. Now, Teresa, you've been doing a lot of writing in your life. I know this is not the first, you know, the, the way, the ways of water is not your first crack at writing, but, uh, Talk to me about that relationship. When did it begin? When did you fall in love? How did it start? I fell in love with the book as a child. I grew uh, up in Seattle. Yeah. And uh, my mother was a single mother with five kids. Oh, so my she God. found every free activity in the city. <laughs> and one was the public library. Mm-hmm. And every Sunday she would take us there. And at a time when there wasn't weren't a lot of resources, she would tell us we could check out as many books as we could carry. Okay. I would check out as a whole stack of books and of course read them during the week. So that's really where my love of of the book began. And so you were like eight, nine, 10 years old and then- Oh, littler than that. Yeah. When I was really little, it was still uh, a one room, uh, like an old uh, box car from a train that had a potbelly stove in it. and That was uh, the library? Yes, it was in Old Ronald. And oh. it didn't carry many books, but it seemed like a lot to me. And then, of course, they built the more modern Shoreline Library, which was oh. wonderful, oh. a wonderful wow. resource. Oh, you so you are, in a, you are truly a Seattle original <laughs> resident. You've oh. seen a lot of, of course, you don't Fourth live. generation, live. yeah. Wow, wow. So for those of you who don't know, she she grew up in uh, Seattle, but she lives currently in Port Townsend, which is a beautiful little town, not far, a ferry's ride, a short ferry ride away from Seattle. But okay, so you grew up reading. It's an interesting choice on your mother's part because you can take some kids to the library 
but they don't you can't make them drinks in other words they don't not only they might say give them one book and say boring give me a tree to climb but no you were very happy to read and disappear into the stories yes yeah okay so you fell in love with reading but reading isn't writing you know i hope i don't misquote her but flannery o'connor supposedly said that everyone knows what a story is until they try to write one and I, I, I like it, so I'm going to say she did. What did, did? When did you decide to try to write one? Well, I'll tell you another short childhood story. When I was about 12, mm. we had this antique typewriter in our basement. And nice. I had this great story in my head. And I tapped out on these keys that stuck. And got my first story done, and well, the first chapter done, and realized that I would not write until I had a secretary, even in a child's time where the what? with lists, I knew that it was just too painful for me to be tapping these words. So interesting. That is the weirdest excuse I've ever heard from a would-be writer. You're like, this is for the birds. I need to take dictate. I need someone who will take dictation from me. It probably took me a week to type a chapter. Yeah. I had but, one of those. I had yeah. one of those, the keys would stick and you- Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Incidentally, yeah. I did start really writing after the internet came in, PCs and Word. That's a long wait, Teresa. That's a big gap. Okay. So you didn't come back to it in earnest. You didn't have an, I'm guessing you didn't have a secretary, but you had <laughs> computers, but you gave up. So you yeah. gave up. It's just too physically hard. The idea of a pen didn't occur to you. The idea of a- <laughs> I, you and I did. I got a better typewriter. I said, I clearly need a better typewriter. Okay. But I'm not here to compare. Your life, we do weird things. Sometimes, you know, I think sometimes, Teresa, because you wrote a story here about your family, you know, based loosely on your family, um, on your like extended family. Um, sometimes we make weird choices because it's the right, because we have to lead our life a certain way. Do you ever think about that, that you needed to delay the writing a little bit to do other stuff, maybe? Yes, I hitchhiked across West Africa. Uh, what? My first year of marriage in a refugee camp, uh, volunteering oh. and working. Um, oh. Went to live in the Amazon with my family. So, oh, yeah, my. You were full. Wow. Uh, but uh, the stories were always percolating in my head. And I finally took a break from teaching to, to get this completed. Um, so I, I Teaching think- what? Teaching what? I, I taught English, history, and French in to, public schools, high school. What, how old were the lucky student? High school. High school. Poor woman. I know. Listen, people who teach high school love it. I, I was asked to come in and teach creative writing at Roosevelt High for like just, you know, for one afternoon to two different classes. And I said, never again. Never will I set foot in a high school ever again. But not, they were lovely kids, but I had all oh. kinds of bias about the. the They're <laughs> so open. They are, but they didn't pay to hear me. If they pay, they have a different... <laughs> anyway, So, but you did it. You must have loved teaching because when teachers teach, they I usually did. love it. Yeah, okay. I did. All right. Yes, it was about opening up minds and uh, creating global citizens. Did you? Did you Did you really feel... I, mean, I, I don't mean to be cynical, but I remember high school and I was just like, God, get me out of here, <laughs> please. <laughs> but you were like, but you think you reached a couple. Yes. More than a couple. I bet you did. I'll bet and, you. Did. And when I was in school, I was reached by teachers too. Ah, you so see, I know what happens. 
That's a big, that's important because you know that you know the value of it. Oh, it's yeah. so important. You know what it reminds me of? It's like people who love science fiction know how to write science fiction because they love science fiction. And if you've been reached by a teacher, you know how important. Okay, so you taught and you crossed the globe, you hitchhiked, you were do good. You were doing good in the world. You <laughs> wanted to go do good in the world. Good for you. The world needs people like you. But at some point, you said, I'm going to start writing things. I'm going to start telling yes. my own stories. Tell me about that. This story is inspired by my grandmother's young life in the Southwest in the beginning of the 1900s. And I knew my grandmother well and really loved her. And uh, particularly in her later years, I would go over to her. I was going to the U at the time, studying mm -hmm. linguistics. Yeah. And I would take the bus to her nursing home and interview her. And I really? took notes. And I became more and more fascinated with her story. And I also studied history and taught history. And I just saw these uh, amazing parallels that she lived through so much during those early decades of the 20th century. And uh, as I began to do more research, I became more and more fascinated in the time. And also her story of courage and resilience through yeah. very difficult circumstances. Yeah, you know, it's so funny you say that. My mother or my oh, Freudian slip, but no, my wife, no connection. My wife, when she was uh, about that same age that you were saying, she and her cousin interviewed her bubby who had survived the pogroms in Russia and they recorded the interview. So they have recordings of her talking about going from those pogroms, which were pretty harrowing and coming to America when she was just a little girl not speaking English. And she treasures those that, that experience that it was, it meant a lot to her. So and I'll bet you it meant a tremendous amount to your grandma to have her granddaughter care about that story yes she liked to tell the stories um and i'm glad i took notes and we do have a recording of her as well so i really have a feeling for her voice um but i will say when i went to start writing it uh just writing it as a biography to me didn't do it justice yeah so i chose to tell the story in first person because that way i could bring in her voice um the interesting thing is when you go over these stories. And I also interviewed other family members, aunts and uncles and cousins who lived during this time nearby. I discovered there were often many versions to a story. Shocking. And, <laughs> and that I couldn't, I didn't always ask the right questions because I didn't ask the questions with the idea of writing it. Uh, there were gaps in the story and sure. these inconsistencies. And so I realized that it would have to be uh, historical fiction. It, you know what? It just, I write memoir. That's the world I travel in. And I have, and I tell my, a lot of the, my clients and students, they write it. I'm like, look, first of all, disabuse yourself from the concept of the truth. Cause you don't know, maybe you took notes. In fact, you know, it's interesting. I even tell my, I don't know what you think of this, but I told some of my memoir, I had this one client who's like, Oh, I don't have any pictures. And I was like, good. Don't have pictures. Use your imagination. The pictures will just screw you up in certain ways. It'll freeze the thing. It has to feel more like fiction. And I just think sometimes factual truth gets in the way of what we're actually looking for. Does that, that make it's sense? Because you know, thing. You're, are, I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. I, I think it's a fine line. So I had to make a decision. Um, where do I uh, invent situations, conversations, um, scenes, and and where do I try to stick to the truth? And it's almost harder if you've known the individual, if they're not completely yeah. fiction. 
Yeah. And so what I tried to do in some ways was kind of channel her spirit. Sure. So even though I stopped worrying whether all the facts were correct, I wanted to make sure that I got a sense of her personality and her spirit. And uh, all I could do is just hope that I, I got the the essence correct and the facts then became less important. Well, if you loved her, which it sounds like you did, and if you and by mean loved her, by by loved her, I don't just mean she was my grandma and she was nice to me, but there was something about her that you were, were found inspiring that you wanted that you connected to, then I think it would be that much easier that you appreciated who she was just sort of as an individual, apart from being your grandma. I would imagine it'd be easier to channel her in that way, as you said. Yes, I'm I'm always uh, amazed when I read uh, historical fiction or, or histories or biographies at individuals' resilience in so, so many difficult situations. Yeah. And what amazed me is she wasn't particularly bitter, uh, that she looked back on it and would only think of the positive. She would say, people were so good to me. And I look at the story and say, wow, these are some really uh, difficult challenges you had. And people weren't always good, but she remembered yeah. the good. Yeah, and that's uh, that was inspiring for me. But so this was so this this book came out. I mean, as I speak to you yesterday, it'll be a couple of weeks. Um, but you had written a lot of like poetry, creative nonfiction, some short fiction before that. Yeah. Was that? Yes. Yes. Starting uh, when? I said when the computer came out, I really began writing. And I, yeah. I actually consider myself more of an essayist. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was good training to to get to the place of writing this novel. Although Why I, I read the novel years ago. Um, it was more recently during COVID that I went back to it. But the, the nonfiction writing uh, helped me to uh, good practices and research and also, um, uh, you know, putting together uh, different uh, uh, pieces of a web almost. Um, so in my creative nonfiction, I always try to uh, do some research so the reader learns, uh, have a personal connection, emotional connection, and then uh, a big idea that the reader will take away from it. And in some ways it's not that much different than we do when we write a novel. Interesting. So for the personal essay, it's the research, it's the what's the point of the essay kind of, and have the emotional quality. Uh, although the the thing about fiction is you have to live in scene. You know, you really have to live in the recreating the physical motion of life. You know, that's so much of what you're doing. And that does require... A slightly, I mean, I say as someone who who's done it both, a slightly different kind of writing, where you kind of just get lost in watching a kind of movie that's unfolding in front of you, yeah. And so that was something you must have had to learn a little bit, a little bit, like like learn even better, maybe. Yeah, like many fiction writers, I found myself living in an alternate reality. Yeah. Um, and, it, and this is you know, busy times, raising my family, teaching. Right. But I would often find myself driving and I was in another world. And 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 often well, driving or sitting in the dentist chair, I would uh, get inspiration. So so my mind was always there. These characters yeah. were living. Yeah. And it's uh, joyful and it's an interesting experience. Too. And that's probably new, isn't it? Because, I mean, if you're doing short fiction, maybe, but it's different when you're working on a book for years. Yes. Yeah. And and you have a spouse 
Uh, does this person understand what's going on when you're talking to these invisible people? Yes. Um, he often will have to repeat something and I'll, or I'll stop and say, I'm sorry, I really wasn't listening. I was someplace else. Tell me again. So you can so get jealous. Very understanding. Sometimes our loved ones, my wife's a writer, so it's not an issue, but sometimes our loved ones, the loved ones of writers don't know what to make of this person disappearing into a room, and but he doesn't care. Yes, and my kids too. They used to tease me about, uh, oh, are you with Josie Bell? That's the name yeah, of the right. protagonist, my grandmother. So it, it was uh, uh, an endeavor that was supported by my patient family, yes. All right, so let, what did you learn? What did you learn writing this, this particular book? I'm going to ask you about learning later on, but writing this book, what is different about you after having written it or finished it finally than when you before you started it? I, uh, in going deep, really uh, learned a lot about the complexities of the human condition. I, um, I think in the story, there are many approaches. There'd be dozens of ways to tell a story and dozens of perspectives. Uh, it's something that I always um, wanted to keep aware of when I was teaching history. Who told the story? Yeah. And uh, what don't we know? Um, yeah. The other thing is, I, I just think uh, it became. I became more aware of the universality of the human condition. In other words, it doesn't matter what era or time or place a person lived. They still felt and sensed the way we do now. They still, nearly everyone uh, is seeking uh, to, to understand meaning, uh, to be seen and understood, and to belong. And those are some really basic uh, human needs across yep. time and place. Yeah, it's absolutely true. That will, it's sort of like, I I always think that I write, it's like I said, I write a lot of memoir-ish short pieces, but they're about me, but they're not. Uh, and I always say, try to think like, I want the reader to feel like it's their story, whoever they are. Somehow I'd like to write in such a way that they feel like it could be their story. Because, you know, you don't know who your reader is, either of us, but you know they're human, and hopefully that's enough, right? Hopefully, <laughs> to connect to it. So, so did, it was, it, so it took you, when did you say you started this, The Ways of Water? Like, was it oh, years ago? Oh, yes, uh, at least 10 years ago. Okay. Uh, making notes, uh, doing some first drafts, and then I set it aside. I really felt at one point that I needed to hone my craft. And that's okay. when, partly because of a busyness of life, but also um, I really wanted to um, uh, improve my writing. And so I began writing these short pieces and publishing them. And uh, it, over the years, I became better. So when I came back to it, uh, I think I had more to bring to the manuscript. Oh, that's interesting. And and you think it was mostly craft or do you feel like you had grown as a person? Yes. So you could actually, you deepened, Definitely. although you yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say I'm glad I did not write this as a very young woman. Mm -hmm. uh, this story in particular, I, yeah. I don't mean great work isn't written by uh, young people. For sure. But uh, for me, my own life experience uh, gave it, I think, a depth, uh, uh, maybe more of a philosophical approach uh, that I wouldn't have had uh, as a younger writer. Yeah. Well, okay. And so then you finally finished it. Finally said, probably worked with some editors and such, but you finished it. 
did you grieve a little bit? Like, you know, this is like a, it's like a long relationship you have with a, with a book, 10 years, a long time. And then you couldn't, you didn't get to work on it anymore. Or were you just like, thank God. I don't want to think, I love my grandma, but I'm done with her story. How did you feel? I, when say, I feel a little bit like an elephant. I just had this great big baby after a two year gestation <laughs> and it was long and I'm so overjoyed to see it out in the world. Ah, um, good. I think very little grief, mostly joy to, sh- to be able to share this story and with family members as well. Uh, it's brought together many uh, distant cousins, Oh, and, uh, many wonderful conversations. Um, you know, we write, I think, to make sense of the world. And particularly when there's generational trauma in a family, um, it really helps us to to see it in a new light and to share it. Yeah. And so it's all helping us make sense of things. Well, oh, so your help. So you feel that your family, I never think about my family. I mean, I love my family and they're often in my stories, but I always think these stories aren't for them, you know, but this story obviously connect to your family and you feel like it, you may have helped a little bit in all the sort of psychic healing we have to do as we unwind our past a little bit. I do believe that's the uh, purpose of a story. You know, in so many cultures, uh, we, we they have stories that they repeat again and again. It's maybe to help the culture make sense of their history in the past. But on a more personal level, uh, when we retell a story, uh, no matter the way we do it, even if it's not completely factual, it's helping us process and and making sense of of what's happened. Well, you know what? So I work with, like I said, I work with a lot of clients and often if they have a story to tell, they've gone through some stuff. I mean, sometimes pretty rough stuff. And one thing has become clear to me from my own life and from all the clients I work with, that our pain is always a story we are telling about what happened. We've told a story, like I can't be loved, the world is unsafe, I'm not good enough, whatever the story, and that's where the pain is. And it's a crappy story. I mean, we're telling a really bad story, but we don't even know we're telling it. And that's why I think, like you said, it's so true. If you tell the story through the eyes of love, it's corrected in my experience. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I tried to keep that in mind as I was telling this story. I'll bet you were. I'll bet you were. All right. So, but you're going to talk to strangers too. I hope not just me. The strangers are the interesting ones. You can't believe you meet them and you connect to somebody you've never met. And it's like you were telling their story. Have you had any taste of that yet? The book just came out. Are you, have you gotten even a taste of that yet? I've had people comment, oh, there's a family story that we keep retelling over the generations. I'd love to tell this story too. So what I hope is that um, people enjoy the story for for its own merits, but also that they um, are rethinking their own history and that perhaps some writers uh, will be able to take a look at their own and, and, and tell their stories too. You have such a generous spirit, Teresa, that's such a great attitude, uh, such a giving attitude, which I applaud. I think that I will say for myself, I started having success as a writer when I really saw it as a gift I was giving people. I, for a while, I was looking to get something from it, I admit, and I got nothing, <laughs> which is a good thing. But it was when I started giving something that something came back. So good on you. But your teacher, 
you're out there doing good in the world. So it's not surprising, but okay. But this is done. Can't do any more with this. You can talk to people about it, which is great. And I hope you have a lot of great conversations. I hope you have a lot, not just with me, but lots of people. But you told your grandma's story. You can't tell it again. Do you you think you'll tell another story? Another big story? I I will continue to write essays. And that is something I find uh, really joyful. And, And there's so many different topics I, yeah. I don't have to spend years on one. Right. Story. <laughs> uh, it's it's a delight to write shorter pieces, and I can just follow my passion, yeah. whatever I'm interested in, whatever the the social situation, uh, political, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, so that I'll always be doing that. Um, I do have a memoir in process. Uh, that's yeah. You feel like so well, where I go with that. You get, so the memoir is the next book length project for you. Yes. Yeah. And so, because I like personal essay, but I do not do any research. It's just, I did this thing and let me tell you about it. And I did this thing, but you would like to, you like to, almost not. I'm not saying like a journalist, but you look at the world and you call information from other sources to and then, then think about and process. Yes, I love history. I'm a, I'm Why? A- it's the past. <laughs> we live in the present moment. Why do you love history? Uh, I love it because, um, particularly writing about history, you can jump into the place and you can begin to see connections with every day. Uh, they, you know, say there's nothing new in the world. Right. Uh, there are many, we have many parallels with historical events and times, and I think it can give us perspective and we can either stop feeling sorry for ourselves Right. Or gain inspiration from from others who survived similar situations or worse. And it can it can uh, help us be a little more uh, understanding of, of today's issues. You know, what's really interesting here, I'll share this with you since you're a fan of history. I was listening to Mobituaries. <laughs> Are you familiar with Mo Rocca? Mo Rocca is a wonderful humorist journalist who has a podcast called Mobituaries where he talks about things that have died or gone away, like a certain kind of banana, a certain, certain, and then one was the death of um, Benedict Arnold. I think he was writing about. So, but he was talking about the Revolutionary War and I didn't know this, but it makes sense that the time of the Revolutionary War, there, the Americans were divided about it. A third of Americans were like, yes, we need revolution. They were a third of them were like, no, the king, we got to stay with the king. What are you, crazy? And the other third were like, I just want to tend my farm and churn the milk. And I don't want, and I thought, you know what? That is exactly the same breakdown right here, right now, today. That third, 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 it's always the same throughout all of history. And so when I hear people talking about we're so divided, I thought, I don't know that that's, I think it's always been thus. You know, this is the way the human psyche. What do you think of that as a someone who's actually a student of history, which I am not? I I think uh, much of it has gone before. So if, even if you look at uh, uh, Congress, there have been many eras where they're just as dysfunctional. Oh, violent. <laughs> <laughs> violent. So uh, things, you know, the... The pendulum swings and we will see change. It doesn't mean that we don't need to uh, jump in and be proactive and no, of, get involved be- and make change. But uh, I think it can also, we don't need to be quite as anxious uh, yeah. because we've gone through these things before. We have. We don't have to be so cataclysmic. I understand. But, but the, we've gone through, I mean, 
Richard Nixon, when he, I didn't realize this, when he left the White House, he left with 29% approval rating. There was still a bunch of people who were, you know, no, he's our guy. Don't care, you know. So this is the way the human psyche works. So, all right, good for you. You know, I joke, my my son loves history. And so he'll give me long stories about the Cold War and things he, that I lived through that I don't know as well as he does, but I can see. So, all right, good for you. Got a memoir coming. The book is The Ways of Water, people. Teresa Jansen, two S's. Get it right. Teresa H. Jansen. Um, you can find it, well, a lot of places. Uh, but you can, I guess, probably good to go to your website if you want to look her up. Teresa's got it. Yes, there's the the ways of what a lovely cover. Lovely cover. That's my great aunt on the cover. Oh, oh, excellent. Well, that's, God, that's a good picture for a family picture. Nicely done. But I'm not quite done with you, Teresa. I want you to think not just about this book, but all the writing you've done, all those essays and poems. Short, if it's taught you anything about life, it's taught you what? Just writing, sitting down every day and facing the blank page. That I still have a lot to learn. Yeah. <laughs> and the journey will be lovely. <laughs> yes, you do. We all do. Writing is an act of discovery. Teresa, thanks so much. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Bill. See, she's an educator, a teacher, but she still has a lot to learn. Yes, yes. See, that's how it works. That's how it works, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, indeed. I want to thank my producer, R.J. Jeffries. Thank you, my friend. Thank all of you out there. Thank all of you out there for checking in. Hope this gave you a little inspiration. Hope this was interesting. So, till next week, you know what you got to do. Go find something you love to do, just love to do, and do it.